Are you an adult with dyslexia? Are you longing for more in your life than the constant, relentless push and pull on your emotions that dyslexia can bring? What about those physical demands that require you to constantly shift gears, rethink? Can I do this? Well, my name is Hope, and I am your host. And I understand because I was diagnosed as an adult with dyslexia. And I often believed that I wasn't enough. Fear and shame were my constant companion. Until I met Christ, then everything changed. This podcast, Make Room for More, is devoted to encouraging and inspiring adults with dyslexia to make more room in their life for Christ. You will hear biblical truth that will uplift and challenge you to find a place for dyslexia in your life and let Christ take center stage of your life. Thank you for joining me. Several years ago, before moving to California, we're talking about 25 years ago at least, I attended a retreat at a health resort in another city. This retreat was for women that had experienced childhood trauma. During one of the breakout sessions, we were sitting in chairs in a circle and people shared their experience about their trauma and how they were doing. When it came to my turn, I shared some things and after I finished, the facilitator turned to me and she said the following, Hope, wow, you have such wisdom and it's evident that you love the Lord. But I have one question for you. Why won't you let Christ off the cross? I felt like the air was sucked out of the room for a split second. The next thing I know, I'm on the floor almost in a fetal position with my knees tucked underneath me and I'm crying and I feel the facilitator's arms around me. Then she starts talking to me. She says, Hope, you've carried this pain a long time. Are you ready to let Christ off the cross? I allow myself to imagine helping to take him down from the cross then carrying him to the tomb that belonged to Joseph of Arimathea and placing a sheet over him. But that wasn't enough. I had to, by faith, see Jesus come forth from the grave and ascend to his father. I had to let him go. Then she said to me, Hope, you've experienced Christ's life and his death, but out of your pain, you believed that Christ's death wasn't enough that he hadn't paid enough. So your acceptance of his resurrection and ascension is essential to your salvation. Let him finish his journey for you. That day I was able to pour out all my pain that I had carried from my childhood, the very pain he carried to the cross on my behalf. And by accepting this, I acknowledged that he had paid more than enough for my sins more than enough in the pain that I had to experience as a child because he took my place on the cross. No longer was I bound by the lie that Jesus had not paid enough. I was free. The gulf between the Father and I was finally closed by Christ for me. Jesus' ascension is so powerful because it signifies the second phase of his ministerial work on our behalf. It also signifies that the Holy Spirit, who being more prominent than he had been before, the Holy Spirit has always worked in and on people's hearts. The Old Testament testifies of this. He is often referred to as the Spirit of God. 
In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was very active in people's lives. I'm reminding of Genesis 1-2 where it says, And the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And in 2 Samuel 23, we read, The Spirit of the Lord spake unto me, and his words was in my tongue. The Apostle Paul reminds us of the following. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. Hebrews 7.25 I mean, just think about it. Jesus lives to make intercession for us. What is an intercessor? It is someone that prays and intercedes on someone else's behalf. And he lives to do this. So know that Jesus is not in heaven just idly doing nothing. He's very active still in our lives. And in Romans 8, 26, Paul also says the following. He says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Here we're talking about the Spirit helps our infirmities. But Paul goes on to say in Hebrews 4, 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, speaking of Jesus Christ, that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Here we read that Jesus is touched with our infirmities. And we also read in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities, meaning he doesn't allow us to carry them alone and in our own strength. The good news continues after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension by giving us these parting words. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld him, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Acts 1, 8 and 9. We shall receive power. This is what the Holy Spirit what Jesus, this is what the Father has long wanted and waited to give us, the power of the gospel. His ascension signifies the completion of his work from earth, but he isn't finished yet. He has not left us alone. We still have so much to do, and we still very much need him. There is still so many people 
he needs to reach and he wants to reach them through us. But he must work in us in order to do that. And I don't know about you, although I have grown a great deal in Christ, I have been walking with him for over 30 years. And I pray every day because I'm not yet the person I know I can be. I still have a lot of growing to do. And I pray every day with all of my mistakes that I am so thankful that he has not given up on me. And I know I daily experience his love, his long suffering and his mercy and his grace. And this is why the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It took Jesus' life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension to save someone like me. I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite scriptures. It comes from Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the face of the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord God shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. The gospel is the light that shines in us and on us, and should be seen by everyone we meet, or anyone that hears about us. We are powerful because we carry the gospel in us. Wow. Thank you for tuning in each week to make room for more. If you would like to listen to archive shows, you may do so by going to www.makeroomformorepodcast.buzzsprout.com. Once again, thank you so very much for joining us and have a wonderful week.